0: Our goal for 2024 is not collection, but connection. We don't just want you to uh, come to church. Uh, we want you to be connected deeply to, uh, to everyone in here and believe that if we do that, we will be successful in the assignment that God gave us. Uh, so make sure you fill out one of those connection cards so we can connect with you, amen? Uh, as we receive the offering today, I want to uh, encourage you, church, on the North Coast, to, to make family important. I, th- I never thought I'd have to say these things. And I never thought that, that saying something like that, I'm so weary. Of this conversation I I think it's obvious and I think that if we are intellectually uh, honest with one another and if we would quit being if we would leave our bias at the cross right then we would see that the enemy it's no secret how the enemy brings destruction in society okay And we started off the year saying we're going to do these things. We're going to live by the precedence of the Bible, the precedence of the early church, and the precedence of the word of Jesus. Right? The words in red, those are the ones I'm going to listen to. But I I find it interesting that, man, I am so distracted this morning. I mean, there's, there's a thousand different directions I want to go simultaneously, you know. It shouldn't be controversial to say that what the world needs more than anything right now is for the church to lead the direction in family. It shouldn't be a controversial thing to say. It shouldn't be disputed. If a pastor says it, if a, if a leader says it, it shouldn't be controversy surrounding that statement. It should. I, I thought that was obvious that we as the church hold a covenant with one another, and that covenant keeps us together through conflict, through frustration, through offense. You see, it's easy. The world throws each other away. You hear me? The world, the world throws each other away. They're disposable. Like, the, they do that. So if they do that, the church then should be the model, should be the example to the world of what family looks like. If you go through the Bible, you will see that God went to great lengths to explain who was who we skip over those parts of the bible but i tell you they are there intentionally those lineage you know all that stuff at the beginning of of matthew where we're like i'm not reading all those names i can't even pronounce them and so we skip over them but i want you to know that in god's kingdom your name matters that your name is significant, that God put those names in there to let you know that just like their name in the family of God is meaningful, so too is your name and my name. And so too is the family of the living God that that resides in the earth. And it is up to us to, to model what family really is. And for as long as I breathe air on this ball of dirt, I will not stop telling you to stay connected to one another keep yourself rooted in the place where god planted you stop walking away because you disagree or you you found something you don't necessarily like sit your behind down somewhere and stay long enough to grow stay long enough to grow man And all this jumping around and and switching up because I got offended. I'm going to take my Bible and I'm going to go down the road. And I'm going to, I'll just go down the road and start a church. Forget about joining a church. I'm going to go ahead and start my own heresy. Out of rebellion. You know how hard it is to stay in a family You know how hard it is to remain faithful even when you don't necessarily agree with the direction, but you say, honor keeps me. This is what Jesus would tell me to do. Instead of reinventing some pretend Jesus and your imagination that only serves you and doesn't serve anybody else. Uh Uh-oh. I heard something the other day, it said, when you come to my family for dinner and you're a guest, you sit down and we serve you. But if you join my family, you're not allowed to sit down. My daughters that have joined my family, they're not allowed to sit down when guests are there. You better get up and serve somebody. That's family. And you know your family when? You stop sitting and you start giving. I I know, I know. I, I just can't no more, church. I can't. I can't see. I will not make, I will not normalize people walking away from covenant relationships. I will not normalize it. I will not say it's okay. I will tell you, you are in rebellion. You, that is voodoo. That is witchcraft. You must repent. You must come back to the Lord. You must come back to the table of the Lord where he has called you to. God has called us to family. And if you come from dysfunction, you know the value of a function. And submission and surrender under the Lordship of Jesus. It ain't perfect, but it's the best thing the world got going, I'll tell you that. It ain't perfect, but it's the best thing. So I'm going to ask you to serve to sit down and stay there until you grow. Grow. Mature. But you can't grow and mature if you, like the prodigal son, run away every time the father holds a standard for the family. And and we're, we're losing so much territory in the kingdom because of all this all of these prodigals running around happen from one thing to the next. We're so in love with Revelation, we miss Jesus. We chase Revelation and we miss the person of Jesus. We're so in love with personalities that we miss the person and the presence of Jesus. You don't need me to preach. You don't need whoever it is you think is the greatest. You don't need them. You don't need them to lead. What we need is the priority of Jesus to enter the room we just need a bunch of people that said i will follow christ i will i will pursue until his presence saturates and permeates every molecule of air i will surrender myself until he shows up and if he doesn't show up i'll i won't do nothing we got to have a family we need a family We need a place to go where we're safe, where nobody will pick our pockets. Well, let's become that family, church. Amen? Let's become that family. Amen? Amen. As you give this morning, this is what you give to. You give to a family that says, I got your back. I got your back. When the big bad wolf comes, we're going to rally together. And we're going we're gonna to go to bat for one another. We're going to believe the best of one another. We're going to stand up for one another. We're going to declare the truth. of the. Of, we're going to look through the cross. And we're going to see the victory for you on the other side of this suffering, on the other side of this pain. We're going to walk you through your valleys of the shadows of death. And we're going to bring you to victory. We're going to do it all together. Amen. That's what this world needs. And I pray... I pray that the church would become the model of what family looks like for this world. And I won't, I will not, I will not make it normal. I will, I will not. Oh, I'm not going to say that, Jesus. I'm not saying that, Jesus. Nah, no, nah, maybe later. Not now. Let's, uh, let's give. Let's hold it up before the Lord. And... <laughs> It's got to be way anointed in here for me to do that, Jesus. Come on. (laughs) Come on, as you hold it up, I just want to declare the blessing of heaven over you. I declare the blessing of heaven over you. That as you give, as you give in faith, It causes the wells of resources known only by God to open up to you. Those wells of resources. He is the source that opens every well of resource. Those wells of salvation bring to you that which only heaven can open to you. They bring to you healing and deliverance. Enjoy. They change the hearts of judges in the land. They can swing. They can swing the hearts of men in any direction. That's the power of faith. We thank you, Lord. As we sow this seed in faith, we receive heaven—heaven for our family, heaven for what we're going through right now. Healing in Jesus' name. Healing. Long-time paralysis healing right now. You give what the world cannot. Your word goes where no surgeon's knife can reach. You divide joint and marrow. Your spirit is alive. It brings life, everlasting life. Bless your people today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Take your Bible. Go with me. Uh, Let's go to... John one fifty one. John one verse fifty one. Now, as you put your finger right there, I want you to know that vision is faith that can make all things possible. Vision is faith that can make all things possible. If you've, if you can acquire vision, if you can acquire vision, you don't need to see, you hear me, I'm going to wait a second, all this movement Vision is faith that makes all things possible. I talk about vision at the beginning of every year. And I use a lot of the same texts because they're that rich. But church, we have got to stop looking with our eyes and start looking with our spirit the spirit knows everything who can know who can know the heart of a man but the spirit your spirit knows everything you know your spirit when the bible says you are more than a conqueror. It's not referencing to you. Me. This version of me. This version of me will suffer many losses. I will lose some battles. You will lose some battles. But you know your spirit is undefeated. Your spirit never loses. And there is, a, there is this... A, This place where we can get. There is this place where we can get. We can leave the blue and we can come into the divine. It is possible for you and I to leave this world to get out of this world and to come into the Spirit. That is is the only place that is permissible for those who have given their hearts to Christ. I want you to hear me you are no longer allowed to live with a perspective of this world so when I hear believers say things like when they when they when they align themselves with powers and principalities of this world the rulers of darkness of the world when they put more confidence in Taylor Swift Really? If you look a little deeper with, with eyes of the Spirit, you will see there is witchcraft there. You will see there is the powers and principalities of here are influencing that in order... See, here you must know that, that the enemy understands he has no... He can do nothing... He can't cause any disruption here until he grabs hold of those who are called by the name of Jesus. He knows that his only authority comes from believers. Remember the story of Balaam, this prophet. He came prophesying. And the Balak... Who was a king, who was a power, who ruled powers and principalities of the blue of this world. He was a king. He went looking. Who'd he go looking for? He went looking for a prophet who spoke on behalf of God. And he tried to get that prophet to compromise so he can gain access into the spiritual realm in order to bring influence demonically over the world through the church. He still does that today. He still does that today. He's still looking for a believer who will compromise their faith and look with their eyes instead of their spirit. Who will look at this world and say, give me this world right now. Give me Jesus later. So he looks for it, because he knows his only influence in the world is you and I. This is why sin is so terrible in the life of the believer, because what sin does is it, it moves us out of the green and back into the blue and renders us naked and powerless. So that's why God says, you must be holy. For I am holy. Vision is faith that can make sight possible. John 1 verse 51 says this. He said to him, most assuredly I say to you hereafter, you shall see heaven open. First John, or John, John one fifty one. If you could, John one fifty one. Take your Bibles and go there. If you don't, there it is. He said to him, "Most assuredly, I say to you." He's talking to Nathaniel. He's talking to Nathaniel here, and Philip went and got Nathaniel and brought Nathaniel to Jesus. And he brings Nathaniel to Jesus, and when Jesus sees Nathaniel coming. He tells him who he is. He said, there's an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. And he looks at him and he says, how do you know me? And he said to him, before, before Philip called you, I knew you. Before, before anyone in this world ever affirmed you, I knew you. Before any, any person called you, God says, I, I knew you. And he's startled by that. And you need to hear that today, church. To stop looking for the affirmation of man and start looking for the affirmation of Jesus. Stop looking for the agreement of this world and start looking for the agreement of, of Jesus. And he says to him, most surely I'll say to you hereafter, you shall see heaven open. You will see heaven open. And the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. You know why you can't live here? You can't live here. Because Jesus lives here. He said, He said, heaven, heaven gains access through jesus jesus is saying the only way to heaven is through me the only way to bring heaven he said look what he said he said the angels will come down and the angels will go up they will come down and they will go up and the only way the only way to get heaven down is jesus it's simple it's jesus Jesus is the means by which we get heaven here. Vision, vision allows us now to see Jesus. Vision gives us, vision gives us the insight to know that no matter what we're going through, Jesus is is the way I can get, I can get out and I can get him here. Jesus Jesus is the answer. Vision vision will make you run. Vision will make you run. Here's how I'm going to ask you. You know, so so Christians, we are are not allowed. So if Jesus, if Jesus is the means by which heaven gets here, we we are not given permission to live in this world. You, you're not, you you have died with Christ. You are not allowed to live in the blue anymore. You must live, at minimum, in green. At minimum, you must live in the green. You are, it's rebellious. It is sinful for you to live worldly. It is rebellious for you and I to live in the blue. To live, to think like the blue to talk like the blue, to believe like the blue. It is sinful for us to see like the blue, think like the blue, behave like the blue. We are not allowed. You're not allowed. I want you to grab that. As a believer, you and I are not permitted to live in the blue. We must live. We must move and breathe and have our existence in Jesus. He is the means by which we exist in the world. Now we are not allowed to live in the blue. How do you know if you have? How do you know if you have vision? You have to have vision. It, it, I'm telling you, can't you can't live any longer, and not have vision? I'm not talking about like, I'm not talking about like seeing yourself, it, driving a better car. I'm not talking about seeing, you know, I'm going to envision my future like I'm going to live in a house by the ocean and I'm going to have, you know, 3.5 kids. And I'm not talking about that's cheap. That's blue. That's blue. That's, that's garbage thoughts. The vision I'm talking about, the vi- what vision produces is what sight can never produce. Vision will bring healing to sight. Vision will manifest It will bring healing for cancer. Vision will bring restoration to your family. Vision will do it. What you see will never do that. So how do you know if you have faith? How do you know if you have vision? How do you know if you have vision? Let me ask you something. When you get up, when you get up, how fast do you run? I've never seen a person who has vision. Come on, just go like this with your eyes. Open them up like that. I've never seen a person who has vision walk. I've never seen a person who has vision walk. Habakkuk. Habakkuk says this about vision. I'm gonna read it to you. It says in Habakkuk 2, verse 2, the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision down. Write the vision down and make it plain on tablets. And what happens then? They start running. They start running. They're, they're not lazy. People of faith aren't lazy. People of faith wake up every day, put their, put their faith shoes on, put their vision, they put it on and they start running. You need faith, you got to start running. They talk about burnout all the time, you know, like they're always, everyone talks about burnout. What do you, what, like if you are of the spirit, you cannot burn out. Whenever a believer tells me, look at me, don't ever tell me this because I'll look at you and be like, that's not true. Believers don't burn out. You can never get to a place if you are in the Spirit, if you're in Jesus, He will never let you run out. He will never fry you out. He will never frustrate you. He will never let you get resentful and bitter. He will pour into you as much as you pour out of you. He will fill you as fast as you empty you. He will put you back together as fast as you break you. There's no burnout in the kingdom. But what what vision does is it allows God to catch you in stride. Vision will what God will catch you in spirit and for many of us this time. You got to pick up the pace man You got to start running How do what well, I, I don't have any ambition I, I don't have any dreams I don't have any any goals then you need vision if you had vision you move faster This 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 idea of like, you know like like just kind of chilling. That's what that's what that's what the uh, the pandemic did to everybody, man. It made everybody lazy. It, yeah, it made us all lazy and entitled. It, it it ruined us. It ruined us. You we can't even go out to dinner anymore and expect anything of quality to come to us. You'd just be happy if you got some French fries, let alone warm French fries. Because because they've lost their the vision. There's no vision. And where there's no vision, people begin to perish. People begin to die. And when you begin to die, what happens when you start dying? You don't move. You stop moving. Let me ask you something: How fast do you move? Come on, come on, like, real practically. When you get up in the morning, do you go after life, or does it? Do you hit the snooze a few times? Like, oh, this is oh, my life is is oh. Right? No, no. People that have vision, bro. I, it's hard for me to go to sleep at night. Literally, woke up at three o'clock in the morning. Yes, last night. Woke up three o'clock in the morning, wide awake. Jesus wants to talk. Like, look, man, I got to get up and preach Jesus. So, like, can we make this snappy, man? He gave me a list of people to pray for. I'm starting to pray, I'm sitting there praying. Because vision will wake you up in the middle of the night. Vision will keep you moving. Vision will move you through trouble. Vision will move you through gossip. Vision will, mo- vision will motivate you. No, no, no. Look, it won't motivate you. Motivations for, out from the, from the blue world. What vision will do is it will inspirit you. It will inspirit you in spirit inspire vision will inspire you to put your shoes on faster walk a little with a little pep in your step You will not need to be motivated. You will be inspired You will live in spirit Some of us got to start running How do how do I run? You 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 get vision it, When God shows you a glimpse of something It's hard for you to s- sit still it's hard you know it was frustrating for it's all it's a, a lot of times it's very frustrating for me to be in in corporate gatherings because man I'm ready to go you got I mean I'm t- hear me I'm ready to go man I'm singing the bridge when y'all are singing the when they you know I'm so I'm already at the bridge I'm already like woo. That's what vision, look, you don't believe me. Some of y'all don't believe me. Isaiah 40, verse 31. It says, but those who wait on the Lord, they're going to renew their strength. They're going to mount up with wings like eagles. They're going to run, and they're never going to get tired. This is what, it don't matter what age you are. Yeah, but I'm, but I'm old. It don't matter how old you are. God will wake you up just like he woke me up. God will make you climb a mountain just like he did Moses. Moses climbed a mountain when he was ready to die. On the day he died. Moses climbed a mountain. So vision. You gotta get vision because because you're sitting around waiting for something. Vision will move you, man. Vision will move you out of apathy and into like, man, I gotta go. Vision will make you strive for more. Vision will allow you to see all that God has for you. Vision will let you see your business far beyond what you could ask, think, or imagine. Vision will take you to places of authority that your sight will never... You need vision because you're stuck. Vision, you know, sight will make you believe what a doctor says. Vision will make you laugh in the face of what a doctor says. Vision will make you look back at him and talk back to him in the language of in spirit. It will speak back to that thing that is attempting to put the blue on you, and it will put the yellow on them. That's vision, man. And too many of us are living in the blue. We're so in the blue that when something comes to us, we just, I guess that's the way it's going to be, man. I guess it's just going to be heavy and You know, this is what I'm gonna have to deal with, you know. Man, the spirit of Christ come into you, make you alive. Stop working for you know the spirit will speak to you and tell you you don't have to work for them, you can work for you. You should start your own business, you should write your own check, you should be in charge of your time. That's the spirit. You know, you know, if you if you have vision, vision won't let you stay still. Amen. You ever seen Jesus stay still? Man, but Jesus was always moving. Where you going? I got to go, got to go, got to go, got to go. He was always going from here to there to there. You, you he was on the move, man. Vision won't let you sit still, even when you, this is why retirement is a joke right my brother like, you, you turned into a cowboy you retired and turned into a cowboy like retirement like, like, God's like I'm not done you've embraced you've embraced the ideology of this world and God's like man I, I'm just getting warmed up we, we you know we take 30 years to like figure something out right we have kids in those first 30 years they're crash dummies they are man Tristan, I'm sorry, man. I say this to my kids. I mean, them them, them first kids. Ooh, man, man, he got some bruises. They fell off the bed. You had to pray for them kids. (laughs) Brain damage. Like, oh man, dang. You know what I mean? Like, oh, you know what I mean? They they, they just crash dummies. Takes 30 years to even to get like to figure anything out. Right? You know, I'm telling you the truth. It takes you 30 years to figure anything out. The next 30 years, you start, you start, you know, you start playing chess a little bit. A little ho- you learn the little horsey move, you know what I mean? Go up two, over two. You know, instead of checkers, you move to chess, right? You're like, oh, okay, this dude can go all the way this way, you know? So you start playing a little more strategically. Now, just imagine if you stopped giving up the last 30 just imagine if you would stop surrendering the last thirty years of your life and saying, "Like I'm just gonna go lay on a beach somewhere and, and I'm gonna put my so- my toes in the sand and I'm just gonna take I'm gonna take it easy I'm gonna take it easy down in there, Saint Petersburg, Florida." And I'm, gonna... I yeah, <laughs> I love it too, but I, I love it for a week, right? You love it for a week, you know what I mean? You love it, but then you know like you got an assignment from the Lord. The assignment changes because God won't let you sit still. God won't let you sit still. It doesn't matter. He'll move you. like He'll transition you out of stuff, but he's not going to let you sit still. You must get vision. You must see Jesus. Come on, everybody, put your hands up. Everybody, come on, take a deep breath. There, he just woke you back up. Amen, amen. Vision... Vision will make you run. It'll make you run. You won't have to fight for motivation. It'll make you run. Vision will change you. Vision will transform the believer. I've been doing this long enough to see generations who have sat still and not changed. Yep. That's why it doesn't intimidate me. <laughs> That's why I'm not intimidated, because I'm like, you've been sitting around here for, for 30 years. You ain't changed one bit. You're still complaining. You're still mad. You're still irritated. Right? Don't Everybody look forward. Don't look around. Don't look around.. Don't look around. I ain't talking about nobody in this room anyway, all right? Vision will change you. Let me show you. It's found in Matthew 22, Matthew 22. It says He said to him, "Friend, how did you come in here without a wedding garment?" And he was speechless. Jesus finds this dude, and he asks him, "How would you get in here?" You can't be here. There's, like, this is serious. He said, How'd you get in here? This is the end of the age, right? This is the end of the age. Know your Bible. Know your Bible for 200, Alex. At the end of the age. And Jesus, this this cat sneaks in to to the wedding feast. This dude manages to sneak in. And he's still wearing what he had been wearing. And Jesus says, you can't be here because you didn't change. Because your witness is lying about me. You claim that you know me, but you snuck in. You claim to know me. Look at this. We mustn't resist vision. Because vision is a revelation of Jesus. Not what you see. It is what you experience in Christ. And vision then will change you. And, it, and what's fascinating to me about this is that it will change you and the change shall be noticeable it's noticeable now one more time don't look around (laughs) write down how much have i changed in 365 days what about me has changed has there been any transformation in my garment in my flesh has there been any adjustment, correction? Has there, has there been anything in my life that Christ has removed from me with the revelation of his presence? Is there anything in my life that has changed? And this is how you can really identify whether or not you have vision, or whether you just see with sight. A revelation of Jesus will make you change. Revelation without repentance is neglect. It's neglect. It's abuse. Look at me. Don't get tired. Don't waste a revelation of Jesus when we gather and resist transformation. We got 52 Sundays. 52 Sundays, 52 appearances corporately of Jesus. Even if, okay, check this. Even if you neglect every day except Sunday, if you neglect every day except Sunday, and you come in and you get a revelation of Jesus, and he says, this is what I'm trying to, this is where I'm trying to take you, but this, is, this has to be this spot or this wrinkle in your garment He said, I'm coming back for a bride who has no, come on, spot or wrinkle in their garment. So, if every week he shows you a spot or a wrinkle and you just make that small adjustment 52 times, think of where you'll be in a year from now. That's just 52 Sundays. God is so gracious that He gives us every day unlimited access to His presence, and we could be changed. We can be transformed. We could be altered from the state that we're in to a more glorious state. We can move so far out of the blue if we would just stop being apathetic and start being obedient. And allow, allow. A revelation of Jesus to rebuke, to correct. <laughs> you you want to know why people run around? They don't want to be corrected. They don't want to change. They like the blue. They like the goosebumps from the yellow on Sunday. We're like, we're like Jesus junkies on Sunday. We come in, we get a hit, we walk out unchanged, but there is danger in abusing the presence of Jesus. He says, look, don't think that in the last day you're going to show up in that last day and you're going to be allowed to lie in my presence. I will not allow it. I will kick you out. I will rebuke you. And you can, you can fictitiously tell yourself that hell is not real. You can deconstruct your faith all you want to. And you can deceive yourself into believing that there is no hell. But this story is a stern warning to the believer. Don't you abuse the presence of Jesus and neglect without like changing. You must. We must change. As much as it hurts us. As much as it, as much as it, and here's another thing. Don't think because God uses you that you know him. <laughs> he used Pharaoh. Eat Pharaoh, did not know him. He says in the last day they will say, but we prophesied in your name. We cast out demons in your name. We sang the song of the Lord in your name. And he will say, depart from me. I don't know you. That tells me it's it's a fearful thing. It's a fearful thing to assume that because he uses me that I know him. And it is a deceptive belief to to embrace that the fact that he uses me powerfully in his name, that somehow that affords me the privilege of the entrance into his most holy presence. It does not. So, vision will change you. I'll close with this one. I'll never get through this sermon, I guess. I'm going to close with this. Vision will sustain you. I know, but I got sermons stacked up on the runway right now. I want to talk about the garment, and I want to talk about orthodoxy. And that's a good one, orthodoxy. Vision will sustain you. You know why you need vision? Because vision will pull you out. Vision will pull you out of being stuck. Vision will allow you to withstand the most terrible things in life. Vision will carry you through it. Vision will talk to you, too, man. I remember when my wife died. I remember her laying on on that table and the, and the machine going beep, 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 beep. It went beep. You know, beep. She was gone, man. She was gone for 15 seconds. She was not there. She was gone. But you know what vision will do? Vision will look past death and vision will look into resurrection life and vision will start talking to you. Vision has a mouth. It said, write it down because the vision will speak. The vision's Gonna talk to you when you need it to talk, it'll start talking back to you, and it will sustain you in the lowest moments of life. It will tell you, Troy, this is not her time to depart. You better go ahead and call her back out of the grave. You better go ahead and speak vision into your wife. And I said her name, and I said Jesus, and I said her name, and I said Jesus. And on that last Jesus, I turned around, looked at her. She looked up at me, she said, Why are you screaming? Why are you screaming? I said, because I was seeing blue and not yellow for a minute. And and I was tripping for a second, but I wasn't about to let blue live in this place. I was calling yellow down, yellow down, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. That's what vision will do. Vision will not allow death to remain. Vision will look right back at the face of death and say, nah, homie, that ain't happening today. That is not happening right now. I'm not done with what God has called me to do. That's what what Paul said. Paul said, he said, whether I should live or not, I'm not really sure. He said, but you know what? It's more needful for me to remain so death can't hang on me no more. It's your choice. You got to know. Vision will let you know. Vision will give you confidence in the face of all of hell. When all hell breaks loose and it grabs hold of your kids, vision will see through. One time I was sitting here and I saw my son in a vision. I saw him. I saw him and I started praying. I started praying for him. And I just went to war for him. I started praying. And I got a phone call about five minutes later and it said, Hey, Troy. Uh, I just want you to know, Caleb flipped his Jeep about 10 times, going about 60 miles an hour. He didn't have his seatbelt on, but he jumped up and walked away from the crash site as if it never even happened. And I'm telling you, vision will see. Vision will see victory. you got to get vision. Vision, will sus- it will sustain you, man. When the doctor says what the doctor says, you know why people die prematurely in faith? No vision. Hope deferred makes the heart. It'll make you sick. Without vision, your your heart gets hopeless. There's nothing worse than a bride who's hopeless. I see you. You, mustn't let go. you. you mustn't let go. Vision sees. Vision sees you coming out. Vision sees the judge ruling in your favor. Vision sees all things working for your good. Your good. In the gray sweatshirt, you're good. That's what vision sees. Vision will talk to you. Vision, you know, I, I, I've learned that vision, Habakkuk said, you got to write it down, run to it, and hold on to it. Don't let your heart get hopeless. you got to hold on to vision. you got to hold on to it. Faith is the substance of things hope hope vision is anchored in hope you know you got vision why because i got hope you said but it seems hopeless and you still got hope that's because i got vision that's because i can see what you can't you're looking with eyes of blue i'm looking with eyes of yellow i'm pale green right now i'm looking and i see what you can't see vision will talk to you man He said, you got to write it down. Hold on to hope. Because in the end, in the end, in the end, vision will speak. Vision has language. Vision will start talking to you. Vision will wake you up in the middle of the night and it will speak to you. Vision is the voice of the Holy Spirit. Vision has a voice. You you thought you were just seeing something. No, you're hearing something. You you can't even have faith without hearing. You must hear. Faith has a voice. You don't need to know everything. Look at me. You're so worried. You're preoccupied with tomorrow. That's anxiety. A preoccupation with yesterday. No, I got that wrong. This thing is bad. Preoccupation with tomorrow is worry. It's worry. When your mind is so focused on tomorrow, you're worried. When you carry with you everything from yesterday, preoccupied with yesterday, you're anxious because you're anticipating failure. A preoccupation with the present, worship. It's worship. It's worship. It's worship. worship You can just say, The vision will talk to me when I need it to vision will speak to me It will tell me the truth the vision will tell you the truth when every other voice lies Vision will tell you truth when the doctor says you're gonna die when the doctor says it's impossible Vision will tell you all things are possible vision will talk to you and say your kids will never it will never be but vision will tell you the truth it will never lie to you it will never mix words with you it will never sideways talk to you it will always tell you the truth and it'll talk to you right on time too oh there have been times man i was laying i was laying in the backyard covered in three inches of snow passed out from a drunken stupor should have died and i heard vision talk to me wake up troy woke me right up out of a cold death and i sat up and i shh, and i and i threw off the snow from me and i said yeah i i hear you i hear you and he started talking to me about the future the vision the vision will speak to you and it will tell you about what god's going to do for you it will give you hope don't you let don't you let lies convince you to live in hopelessness I close. Paul, Acts 26. No. Yeah. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I had it right. Acts 26, verse 12. Watch this. Paul. You can tell I ain't got nowhere to go because it's, it's 1257 and I'm still preaching. Or 1157. I was just telling you how long we're going to go. The, the Browns don't play no more. You know, who cares? You know what I mean? This is going to work. I'm just kidding. I'm closing. I'm closing. I'm closing. I'm just, y'all chill. Y'all chill. Y'all chill. <laughs> Paul. Paul recounts his conversion. And he's recounting his conversion to King Agrippa. And he says to King Agrippa, he says, uh, I was obedient to the heavenly vision. Whew. Man, if I, could just, if I could just encourage you, church. Get yourself a heavenly vision. Commit to it. Watch God work through it. He recounts his conversion. He said, I was on the Damascus road. And right there on the Damascus road, I met him. I met the one I was persecuting. I met the one I was living my life to murder. I met the one, I met him, man. I met Jesus on that road to Damascus. I met him. Do you remember when you met him? You remember? I remember when I met him, man. I remember meeting him. I had a Damascus Road up here on Leavitt Road. I had me a Leavitt Road experience. And I met him. And when I met him, I was blinded. I was blind. There was a voice and a vision. I saw something that I'd never seen before. I saw a revelation of Jesus. I'd never seen that before in my life. I saw something. It knocked me down. It knocked me down. It, it, it cold knocked me down, man. It, it it humbled me. It put me in the dirt, man. And then it blinded me. and it blinded me. I once was blind, but now I see. You get a vision of Jesus, man. It'll make you blind. It'll close your eyes to this world and there won't be another thing that will ever taste as good. You gotta get a vision of Jesus. You gotta get a vision of Jesus for your children, for your family, for this church, for this city, for this nation. You gotta get a vision. And you know what that means? That means like you're gonna have to come off of some stuff. You hear me, church. Jesus, Jesus is gonna knock you off some stuff, man. You're on some stuff right now, and Jesus says, you can't be with that and with me. You can't see me and still be with that. He's about to knock us down. He's about to knock us down off of ideological allegiances of this world, false allegiances of this world. He's about to knock the church down. We're about to get knocked down, and I'm telling you, it's the best place to be knocked down. I don't want that stuff. I don't want to ride that stuff. I don't want to depend on that stuff. Jesus, all I need is a heavenly vision, and I want to be blind. I want to be blind, Jesus. I want to be blind. I I don't want to see nothing. I don't want to see no more of this world anymore. I don't want to be allured by it. I don't want to be attracted to it. I don't want to be longing for it. I don't want to be thirsty for it. I just want to be blind to this world and alive in the Spirit. I'm so tired of the longing. I'm so tired of the striving in my life. I just need you, Jesus. Just give me a heavenly vision and he was converted how many would like to be converted today today can be the day of your conversion you know what a conversion is a conversion is a a changing of form I, I I want my form change I don't want to I'm tired of like the man with the withered arm I'm tired of living with a deformation Jesus could you take what's deformed in my life and form me whole again come on stand your feet with me as we close today Every head bowed, every eye closed here in this room. Simple prayer. Jesus, knock me down. Come on, just, you know, if you want, if you want change, if you want to be transformed, at the cost, the cost, cost the sight. Jesus, knock me down. Humble me. Humble me, Jesus. Blind me, Jesus. I don't want to see with the eyes of, the, of man anymore. I, I don't want to see this world the way Everyone else. I, I, I want eyes of the Spirit. I want to see every person redeemed, restored, made whole, healed. I want to see every person on the other side of the cross, victorious. Help me to see. Give me vision. Because I want vision, I don't care nothing about sight. I don't care nothing about what I look like to anybody else. I just need to see what you see. Help me, Jesus. You're here today. You don't have any vision. Give your life to Jesus he is vision it's found nowhere else it's not in the intelligence of this world it's not in the wisdom of this age it's in Christ Jesus give me vision you're here today somehow you don't know Christ you've never given your life fully to him you've never surrendered Fully to Him. Pray this prayer with me. Christians are praying all over Jesus. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I repent. I, it's the good part, not the bad part. I repent. Come on, let's all say that. I repent. You fell off with repent look up at me when you say you repent what you're saying is you change change I change I change I change my mind I change I repent come on let's pray again Now, I repent I give my life to you take it it's not mine It's yours. Change this world. All for your glory. In Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, put your hands together for Jesus. (laughs) Altar ministers will come to the front. If you gave your life to Christ today, we want to pray for you. Our pastors and altar ministers are going to come to the front. I want to encourage you before you leave, though. Connect with somebody. Hey, take the time. Linger around here for a while. You say, oh, I've been here for two hours. Take another hour. You've got nothing to do. Grab a cup of coffee. Hang out with one another. God bless you. Live right. Love everybody. Pray hard. Thank you for joining us today. Church on the North Coast. We love you. We're praying for you. God bless you.